You know, without a doubt, that I love road trips. And I do road trips all the time, but one of my favorite road trips of all time was about 2016 with Al Johnson and Lillian Johnson. Now, we both had electric cars that got 90 mile ranges. We decided to go to San Francisco, which roughly it's about 900 miles round trip. Now you do the math, 90 miles, you drive 70 miles an hour, you drive an hour and a half, it charges 30 miles an hour. So you drive an hour and a half, you charge for two hours, then you drive for an hour and a half, you charge for two hours. So you have to plan it a lot. And so on this road trip, Al and I were going, we are going to conquer the world, we're the idiots of the world, but we're going to do this. A normal car did it in six hours. We got to Salinas in 19 hours. And then we got to San Francisco. Show the picture of San Francisco. Mine was the key solo, his was the Honda Fit. When we conquered San Francisco, it was like we conquered the world, Mount Everest. <laughs> Nobody really cared, but we did. And so our wife flew back in on Friday. On Friday, we went to San Francisco, enjoyed it. And the thing is, when we were coming back, it took him 24 hours to get back from San Jose, California. Al Johnson sold his car two days after. <laughs> I'm not joking. Two days after. I still got, I still like, but the thing is, we were in San Luis Obispo at Target, and I still remember the exact conversation. And we said, our next EV trip, Lake Tahoe. And we knew that was our next trip until he gets one. Now, there's no big deal now. I got another electric car which has three times the range on it now. It's not that big a deal. But road trips are fantastic. And this is how I approach life. I love approaching life planning and detailing what I want. I had ideas that this is what I want to do when I'm 26. This is what I want to do when I'm 28. This is what I want to complete when I'm 30 years old. And so this is, the problem is my journey of life has never, ever gone the way it was planned. <laughs> now, if you're my age, or even younger, older, has life ever gone the way that you thought it would go? <laughs> has your day ever gone the way you thought it would go? Now, this is interesting to me because when we look at this and we understand that when it comes to planning our lives, how do we deal with our lives? Now the thing is, sometimes it doesn't work out. Follow me on the screen. Even if our journey of life never goes as planned, we can carry a roadmap to help us figure out where and where we are when we get lost, unexpected detours and roadblocks that come along. And so this is where the planning needs to take place. How do we deal with the roadblocks? How do we deal with uh, the journeys in life? And so today we're starting a new series on the screen, Grace Track, Jonah's Journey, and our journey as well. I love Jonah because he's human. He's nuts. I mean, think about this. All we heard on that video, God take my life, God take my life, God take my life, that's it. I mean, this guy probably died being ticked off. But yeah, God somehow used him. So how do we understand grace? through Jonah's thing. And so Grace Track, we're starting a whole new Grace Track uh, that's starting Wednesday, and we will kind of go along with Grace Track as well, and so we can follow along and understand this. And so when you get involved in the Grace Track and the small group experience, it's very important. And those Grace Tracks, man, they get real, they get real honest. It's 
like a 12-step program, dude. It's really out there. And so if you look on the screen, today we're going to talk about that we're all on a journey. Carolyn just talked about that, your stewardship journey. And so we're all on this journey. It doesn't matter. Every aspect of our life is a journey that we don't expect things financially. We don't expect. I was insane when I was 28 years old. You know what? I'm going to put a divorce at 30. That's what I want. You know, no, nobody finds that. They just happen. But how do we respond to situations like this? Follow me on the screen. Each of our particular journeys, along with our particular obstacles, roadblocks, joys, pain, successes, failures, hopes, and disappointments, are unique. But the lay of the land and the overall pattern of the journey is a universal. It helps to know the lay of the land and the universal pattern of the human journey. Now, this pattern is found in many famous books. Because if you think about what's your favorite book that you like to read, if you don't like to read like me, what is your favorite movie? Um, and so therefore you go, man, I want to see that movie again. And usually that movie has this incredible story that you're so enamored by because it gives you so much hope in life. And so, and so we look at these stories and we just go, man, these are incredible stories. And so follow me on the screen, movies like Star Wars, The Wizard of Oz, Harry Potter become widely popular because they all tell a truth about the lay of the land and the universal pattern of the human journey. In this pattern, an ordinary person living an ordinary life is thrust out into an adventure, into this extraordinary magical world. Along this journey, they encounter obstacles. There are battles to be fought and won. And through it all, the ordinary person is transformed in their true self. They find their inner hero and return to their ordinary world with these new powers and wholeness and healing. It's a pattern of being restored in order to restore. It's interesting, a lot of us do not like to be an encouraging story. We love encouraging stories, we love to hear this, but we seldom want to be that story, right? I hear people tell me, well, you're, you've got a great story, Kevin, in love with you, trauma and learning disability. I did not choose this story. I did not say, you know what, I want to be an encouragement to people, so let me go through difficulties in life. No. But how I dealt with the things I had no control over, it, it begins to be an incredible story. Look back on the screen. Our life's journey is meant to take us from an ordinary world where our worth must be earned into a world of grace where we learn that our worth is not earned, but is a gift that is given to us simply because of who we are. We are each beloved children of God. We are meant to live from grace and our belovedness and not by trying to chase an elusive sense of enoughness. God said that we have already enough. Once we begin to understand the truth, everything about us is changed. And everything about the way we see and relate to others is also changed. That's because of the grace of God. That's because of the movement of His Spirit. Earlier we read, we saw in the book of Jonah, and I want to encourage you, that video we saw, it's no joke. It's right on scripture. If you want, go read Jonah. It's, it cracks you up. This is a crazy man, but used by God. It's fascinating to me. And so read it, because it's a powerful. Back on the screen. Jonah's journey is our journey. The book of Jonah leaves the story unresolved for a reason. 
Why? It's telling us that we, the readers, are the one who finishes finish it. How do we want to finish our story? How do we want to finish our chapter in, the, in this portion of our life? You write. And so once we learn in the next 10 weeks to understand the lay of the land and the universal pattern of all human journey, back on the screen, we will will be invited by the story of Jonah into this extraordinary world of grace. And I think it's really awesome that our, our reading today was on Luke chapter 15. We follow Revive Common Lectionary, which basically it goes through a three-year process of covering most of the Bible. So this is where, why the scripture readings every Sunday follow a three-year cycle. So if you were here three years ago and you remember, if you don't remember last week, like me, you go, didn't we read that? Yeah, we read it three years ago. And so we'll learn this, because if we read Luke 15, Luke 15 is on screen, it's an amazing set of stories told by Jesus about things that are lost and things that are found. If you want to know the heart of God, read Luke 15. It really does a great understanding of the heart of God. Now follow me. The first, uh, first three verses, it's on the screen. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him, Jesus. And the Pharisees, I'm telling you, the word of God corrects me out. Here it goes. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, this fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. Now, I don't know about you, but have you dealt with a know-it-all? <laughs> really? I mean, think about it. Like, when you're around a know-it-all, I go into this thing. Don't engage, don't engage, don't engage, don't engage. And then he says, or she says something really stupid. Don't engage, don't engage, okay? Because what happens, we get people that want to go in ministry that are 21, 22 years old, they go, hey, you old man, you're irrelevant, and if I pastor this church, I would, it would be a mega church in six months. Don't engage, don't engage, don't engage. And so sometimes, whatever profession, we have these know-it-alls. Now get these, these Pharisees, who are the know-it-alls, went to Jesus, who is the Son of God, to tell them, they know more about God than Jesus, the Son of God, knew. Think about that. That takes, in Spanish, cojones. Right? Did I pronounce that right? It takes them. And so here it goes. So when we look at this, when Jesus was constantly dealing with them, he knew it. And so back on the screen, the religious knows it alls in the story of Luke 15. It represents those who covering up their insecurities with a sense of certainty. They knew who the sinners were, which meant they were the saints. They knew that the sinners were lost, and therefore they weren't lost. This, this is what no one always do. They want to fix you, even if you don't need fixed. And so what happens here, if, if you look at this, they were trying to fix other people without fixing themselves. Now, I don't know in early in life, if you remember your early 20s or when you're teenagers, you go through a phase called establishing your identity. Now, I'm not a parent, and thank goodness, because if I, if I was, my children would be so messed up. And, and 
Teenagers push you, don't they? They push you. <laughs> and the thing is, they're trying to figure themselves out. They're, they're saying, well, I'm an adult, which they're not, you know, because they're 13 years old, but they know it, you know, and all this stuff. And what they're, they're trying to figure themselves out. And so, but guess what? Life happens, doesn't it? Back on the screen. Life has a way of trying to destroy what we think we know. When life happens, some become humble learners, others dig more deeply into their certainty and become more prideful. The danger of religion is that. For the person looking for it, it offers a sense of certainty and the foundation of being right, even when being right is not in alignment with the truth. This is where it gets fascinating because when I'm focusing on being right all the time, I lose the capacity to have empathy and compassion. And when I lose the empathy and compassion and I'm determined to be right, there's no connection with anybody. So therefore, people go, is that your God? Because you're a know-it-all. Yes. How do I connect with him? How do I connect? Because your God, how you describe it, is more of a behavioral God and a very angry God rather than a God of love and compassion. And so this is where we get, where we just put God in our head, but not in our heart. Follow me on the screen. The worst way to be lost is to be lost and not know that you're lost. <laughs> Let me give you an example. My wife goes, do you know where you're going? I have no idea where I'm going. Do I tell her I don't know? No. I'm a male. I know where I'm going. Okay, now I'm at a dead end. So what we do is then, we say, you know, if you stop talking, I would have got to this dead end. Hey, hey. Okay, maybe your husband doesn't say it, but they think it. Okay? And so we, we have a tendency to blame. And so, the, and the, the thing is, here, Jesus tells this incredible story of the one lost sheep out of 100. They rejoice. One lost coin, rejoice. There's a great rejoicing when someone is lost and now they're found. And so if you look at verse 7, just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Now, the word repentance is just a negative thing in our society today. Now, let me just open up to you a little. I have fantasies without being The Westboro Baptist Church protesting in front of our church. You know that God hates everyone? Because I know that I would be in the center of God's will if that happens. And I, and I, was, I was wondering how our church would respond to that. Would we yell at them? Would we scream at them? Or would we form a circle and pray over them? It's really interesting. I don't know. I, I, I'm not, you know, that controversial, I don't think. But it would be interesting to see how we do that. But repentance, what I'm talking about, repentance is not God hates everything. Repentance on the screen. Repentance means I have to change. I have a change of heart, which changes your direction. Repentance happens when you, life shows us that we're lost to ourselves and to our God, and to our God-given dignity and purpose in life. And we are able to make a course correction. This is when I'm going in life, and I have my own life plan, and things happen, and I go, oh my goodness. I don't even know where I'm going now. You've been there emotionally? 
when you go through a divorce, you just go, I don't know. But if I continue that direction, I'm going to become resentful, bitterness, and hating life, or I'm going to repent. I've got to figure this out. I've got to pick a new direction, and I've got to go back to God on this. Because we have a choice whether we'll get really bitter towards God and say, God, why did you allow this? Or God, you're the only one I can trust in this. And that's what I had to do. I lost everything. But there's a time we, we, we just embrace. Nothing brings God greater joy than when we are brought back into knowledge of who we truly are and why we are on this journey. If we are lost in our religious certainty, we have no idea that we need to repent and change course because we are obvious, oblivious to the fact that we are lost. Have you seen people that are in their 70s and 80s that are Christians that just, they're bitter towards life? And they're just, they're complaining about everything? And I'm telling you right now, I'm 57 years old. I want to enjoy life. I want to be happy. I want to be at peace. I don't want to be bitter. Don't give anyone the right to be bitter. It just tears your joy away. I don't know how long I'll live. So why would I live my dying life thinking about you, that I don't like you. Does that make sense? I, I don't, why, why give someone that, no one deserves that. Don't give it to them. And so the thing is, on the screen, our God's given dignity is that we are beloved by God regardless of anything we do or fail to do. So what is the destiny of our journey then? On the screen, the destiny of our journey is to learn to love ourselves, ourselves, God, and others in the way God loves us. That's it. That's it. That's the evidence of following Christ. I love God. I love myself. I love others the way God loves me. That is without condition. Oh, holy cow. Okay, I gotta stretch this. I gotta learn this. I gotta depend on God more on this. But this is where restoration comes in. This morning we sang a song called From the Head to the Heart. And that is a journey, right? Because the head to the heart is only 12 inches, but that's a heck of a long journey, isn't it? <laughs> Think about this. Because this is where we struggle, from the head to the heart. And so the thing is, back on the screen, our certainties live in our heads, love lives in our hearts. So here's our theology. This is our compassion. This is our love for one another. If they don't work together, screw that. It's not working. Yes, your theology, yes, that's important. But to have compassion for others, to have empathy for others, to, to have sympathy for others, to have a heart that hurts when other people are hurting. Or therefore, you're this incredible narcissistic person without a heart. You might as well go see Oz and look for one. And so this is an understanding that the certainty lives in our head, love lives in our hearts. The song also says this, from the head to the heart, you take me on a journey of letting go and getting lost in you. Here's the thing. I promise you, promise you, you're going to get lost. In the next few years, in the next week, there will be a period in your life that you're going to go, I tried everything. I've done everything, I did this, I did that. I, I can't figure out what to do now. And so you're at a standstill. Here's the thing I want to encourage you. You're lost. 
but get lost in his love. Get lost in him. Because that's the one that's going to restore you in order to restore the situations that you're dealing with. Those are the ones that are going to help you adapt to situations that you did not plan for. Those are the ones that when your story in life hits all the kinds of obstacles that you learn to respond and not react in them because you have, you're lost in the love of God. The reaction is all based on fear and anger. Response is based on the love of Christ. And so I can make the situation worse or I can learn to just fall in this love and just say, you know what? We got to figure this out together. I got to trust in this situation. Last slide. I have to be willing to let go of being in control. <laughs> I have control issues. Let me tell you right now. I have Mr. Control issue. I have to be willing to let go of being in control of my destiny. I have to let go of my certainties. I have to be willing to get lost in God's love. It is only when I'm in lost in God's love that I'm truly found. Join me on the next 10 weeks as we go through this incredible story of Jonah. And we realize that the next 10 weeks will be a reflection to you on areas that you need to surrender, that you need to trust. So therefore you can be restored, I can be restored in order to restore the situations that we face. May God bless you and may God bless us all.